0: What is up, Big Blue Nation? I am Matt Sack BBN here, joined by my Twitter best friends, Buddy Wildcat's Tongue and Two Seven O Bradley Smith, and we are up to no good boys. We're, we should be doing a little bit better this week, right? Doing great. I have a new mic better. You have a new mic, WT. It, it sounds so great. It sounds fantastic. Yes, we... does. thanks, Dad. <laughs> but um, we're coming off a good week. We're going to, unfortunately, have to talk about football, but two basketball wins back on track, kicked our rival's butt and beat a quality SEC opponent at home. Got a little ugly as of late, but we're here to talk about it. Really, really eventful week on BBN Twitter too. I think um, the spirits got a little bit higher, which made the doubters look a little bit stupider this week, Um, but it, it created for some good topic points. So we're here to talk about, them. do you guys want to get football out of the way first? Is that what we should do? Let's do it. Please. Yep. So, Buddy and I were actually in Rupp Arena on New Year's Eve, turning it up, watching us kick the cards butt. So, I did not see it, Buddy. I'm guessing you did not see the game either, at least live.
1: I did not see it live. My plan was to rewatch it, and then I saw the score and did not.
0: (laughs) Um, Good I'm, I'm exactly with you. And in hindsight, the game is not too much different than what we expected. I don't think, if you told me that, both teams combined for seven offensive points I would be like fair enough um I did not expect two pick sixes uh WT or Bradley want to give us a tell us what the hell happened
2: yeah I can uh I was watching this uh over at my parents house for the holidays um we had the big tv on the football game uh my my mom is a very pessimistic basketball fan as of right now she says she can't even watch some of the games because it makes her so sad so the big tv had football small tv right next to it had basketball um I at, at, at by the end of the first quarter i was watching almost exclusively basketball uh destin wade god bless him is not an sec quarterback uh or at least not yet i mean he could be one day. He's got a good build. He's got a strong arm, but that he, the the script that they had for him was not going to score any points, especially against probably the best defense in college football. Um, uh, Iowa had some guys sit out, but they were mostly on a bad offense. Most of their defensive guys still played. So we weren't really set up to uh, succeed. I think when you have a four-week break in between uh, a beatdown of Louisville, and uh, the bowl game, you get your hopes up and you get unreal, unrealistically optimistic. But the signs were there. That, that was not, that was not going to go well from the start. And it really did not look good.
0: Bradley, did you get the watch? Uh, I watched
3: large chunks of it. I did not watch the entire game. Uh, just because like Buddy said, uh, I, I was becoming very sad. Uh, So I didn't watch the whole game. But what I saw, I mean, Kentucky didn't look horrible. I mean, you could see that there were signs of good things that they were trying to do. Uh, But the two pick sixes really, I think, just deflated the entire thing. And uh, people are going to look back on it more negatively uh, than really that it was. It's hard to say that it was a good performance when you didn't have any offensive points. And I think you punted every drive that you didn't turn it over on uh which i guess makes sense since you didn't score uh in hindsight now that was a really stupid way to say that i'm a (laughs) moron as we've established uh but yeah not not horrible but
0: the defense
2: was really good i will say that for watching the defense was really good um but i will say this uh, context should be a part of this but that is i believe the first time mark stoops has been shut out as a head coach um, which is crazy based on some of the rosters they've had uh, that it's taken this long for that to happen. But uh, uh, yeah, uh, not a great performance offensively.
0: So I think I saw Vince Merrow said he was going to be calling the plays. I wonder if Woodward did at all as well. But um, one thing I did hear again, I didn't watch the game did not kind of like buddy did not bother to go to rewatch it at all. I did hear from some of the football guys that I follow on Twitter that um, they were running some RPOs with, uh, Destin Wade. And that's a lot of what NC state ran with Devin Leary. Um, how did, how did that, obviously it didn't translate the points. How did the offense at least look, did it look fresh more original than what we were running all year, even though the results really weren't quite there.
3: Couldn't look any worse.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, From what I heard, they had uh, like the first seven or eight plays scripted. Um, and then after that, it was just kind of throw stuff at the wall and see what sticks Um it 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 didn't look good. Uh it it I don't know X's and O's in football enough to see like the glimpses of something new. Um when you have a tight ends coach and wire and a wide receiver coach calling plays that haven't called plays for an extended period of time, you're not gonna get many creative things. So uh talking about the Kentucky offense against Iowa is not something that I think uh, I want to do much more of.
0: Yeah, you, you did bring up the defense. And I, I want to preface this with DeAndre Square might be my favorite Kentucky football player of all time. I love this linebacker core with Jock Jones and Jordan Wright, the veterans and the experience that we got from those guys. I, I love that group. I love that group. I always will. Also, first of all, fanatics, send my damn DeAndre Square jersey already. I've been waiting on it for like four weeks and you keep pushing it back. Anyways. Love the linebacker core. The experience cannot be replaced. But Trevin Wallace and uh, Derek Jackson, Keaton Wade, this might be a more talented group. If you're just looking at NFL talent, I think Trevin Wallace might be a better individual talent than any of those seniors that we have. And because so many of them were injured all of this year, a lot of these younger guys like Derek Jackson, Trevin Wallace, they had opportunities to step up for extended reps I think what was a phenomenal defense this year with a rebuilt secondary and another year of Deion Walker could be maybe Stoops' best all-time defense. I think it has just as much NFL talent as the 2018 season. That's a little bit of a hot take, but I believe it. What do y'all think?
3: I think the secondary is where you'd see a major discrepancy uh, between next year and 2018 uh, just because – we've had, we, we've lost so much in the secondary, uh, Tyrell Asian, uh, just declared for the NFL draft a couple of days ago. And, uh, who else? Oh, uh, Carrington Valentine, uh, everyone's now we're, favorite DB. Yeah. Everyone's favorite DB, uh, shout out Scott Clark. Um, we have, uh, but we have gained a few pieces, uh, but I, I think I would probably give the edge to 18, uh, but it, it'll be a good defense.
0: Does Zion Childress have eligibility? I heard he absolutely killed it in the. Oh game. yeah, yeah. He uh, he has. I think two years left. Yeah, but we're bringing back Andrew Phillips. Jalen Geiger should be back. Jordan Lovett should be back. Zion Childress should be back. we in a four. We're Vito should be back. We're bringing Afari. in a four star and Avery Stewart. Yep, Afari. I'm not sure where we're going to play him at the nickel outside linebacker mm-hmm. yet. We're bringing in two transfers and Jansen Dunn, JQ Hardaway. I really like the secondary. There's pieces, you know, one or mm. two of them got to break out and be stars, but there's depth. Mm.
2: Which I'm is what just, we did not have going into the season.
0: Yes.
3: I'm just a Lonnie Johnson stand till I die, but w- w- <laughs> there is a lot of depth.
0: Where we uh, will not have depth is that defensive tackle. Justin Rogers announced he will, end, or nose tackle, I'm sorry, I'm st- I'm I'm trying to become a football guy. I mess up from time to time. Nose <laughs> tackle. Justin Rogers announced he'll be entering the transfer portal. Um, with every negative thing that happens with the football team nowadays, what do we hear? What's the excuse? Nil. Yep. Not enough NIL.
2: fritos, Mitch. <laughs> um,
0: so <laughs> we Mitch. could we could go in nil. The big thing that came out to me and Matt Jones is the big. Uh, he's he's the guy that talks on behalf of the football program. We know when Mark Stoops has something to say, he's going to say it for Matt Jones. And I. it's good that he has him on his side. You know, Cal has uh, Kyle Tucker. If I haven't seen anything from him because he's not on Twitter anymore. But anyways, Matt Jones said that there's a problem with people not donating enough to the collective. I see that because we're able to get guys like Devin Larry, We got Barron Brown back. We got Deion Walker back. So the big guys, the donors, the big donors like the Crafts, they're able to give the big contracts, but your third best defensive lineman and Justin Rogers, like we took care of Deion Walker. We're going to get Ox taken care of a guy like Justin Rogers, who's good, but you can afford to lose. That's where the collective helps out. That's where we don't have the money. But my point was, which I tweeted out fan, like the athletic director is constantly not caring about the average fan that he wants things for. You can drink alcohol in sweets. The average fan cannot have alcohol. We're getting nickel and dime for basketball tickets that are going for 300 bucks just to get a decent seat in Rupp. You have to pay for parking, which is crazy. Season tickets prices are going up and you're having to pay all of this. People are paying tuitions for their kids to go to UK. People are donating to the K-Fund. And on top of that, now they're asking, oh, we still need 50 bucks a month just so we could keep like decent players. And it's like, where does it end? How How is a fan base that doesn't, get the average fan taken care of now expected to donate even more that's my biggest complaint
2: i agree i think uh i was listening to matt jones talk about this uh and his kind of defense of that situation is like well it's two different pools of money uh the pools of money where the tickets are and like the sales are that go to the university you can't say why are you charging this when you want me to pay more for this it's two different pools of money well it's going to the same thing it's the same people asking for that money so what it what really is the difference It's even more of a problem because uh, you can't use ticket sales. You can't use revenue for the collective. So it has to come from the fans. It has to come from donations. And uh, also on top of that, JMI sports is not letting coaches participate in the collective. So uh, a a ton of things are going wrong where um, they're not taking care of the fan to incentivize them or encourage them to, Donate to the collective. And even if they choose to donate, they're not getting a ton in return, especially compared to some of the other schools that are like getting dinners with coaches and uh, all this meet and greet sort of stuff. So, but isn't really disappointing?
0: Isn't the point of nil like wasn't the main argument was the NCAA, these colleges, they bring in millions and millions or billions of dollars and the players get none of the cut? They're gonna make anything. This that's why we created nil. Why can't that money? go towards like that was the original purpose. The original purpose wasn't to make let's charge fans even more now. Mm-hmm. They're still not getting a cut. No, there's just more that they get a separate pie. They don't get the big pie and the fans the, uh, need to bake both pies.
2: My, my, like I've said this since I was in college, when I was getting like eight fifty an hour for being a, a college basketball manager, having especially being on scholarship being an athlete is a job why not treat it like a job it's not like you can just choose to quit if you choose to quit then you lose your scholarship so uh make it hourly if you have to spend 30 hours a week in practice and at games and traveling get paid whatever hourly hourly rate the NCAA decides on uh NIL is great because people are allowed to promote themselves uh but it could be it was such a simple fix just to allow kids allow uh, these athletes to get the money they deserve they didn't do it
0: and you could say well they can't be hourly it's not a job it's still college athletics look where nil is nothing that we said when we invented nil none of that exists all the rules and regulations that you thought would be there all out the window people are getting the same money they got but now it's legally and now instead of like hundreds of thousands of dollars it's millions of dollars you didn't yeah. you're not stopping anything if you think like oh it, if we did if we allowed hourly pay for our athletes to get the cut from the universities and the ncaa that would just throw out all the the integrity has gone just do it just do it um anyways we're done talking about football you don't want to move on <laughs> Sounds I good. did have I did
3: have something just real quick, if that's okay.
0: Um, I'll allow it.
3: We are still talking about Justin Rogers. I mean, we all like the guy. He was a top five recruit of the Cal era, but. They're not Cal of the Stoops era. I'm sorry. I was I'm, about to say. I'm a moron. I'm a moron. Again, we've established I'm a moron.
2: Summer, the summer 2022 yeah. is going to happen all over again just because you said Horrible.
3: Okay, he's a top five recruit of the Stoops era, or in UK history maybe even. But as far as production, he's getting passed up by a true freshman. I mean, would it be nice to have him on campus for depth? Sure. But, you know. Could you go and get a, a transfer from uh, Tulane or whatever? I just throw in a random school out there. And I get... just won the sugar bowl. So, probably not. okay. <laughs> or okay. <Cotton> bowl. okay. <laughs> Tulane was just the first like super <laughs> mid school that came to mind. Uh, Bowling Green, go and, go and get a, a D lineman from Bowling Green and say, You're going to be our third or fourth D lineman. Go get it.
0: Yeah, I'm down for it. Um, we all have room to improve. We all have room to get better, just like Kentucky's football roster. Um, That's what the New Year's for, New Year's resolutions for. New Year, new us. We're going to do a, a quick little segment where we're going to be a Kentucky player, Kentucky coach, Kentucky assistant, Kentucky personality, and we're going to make New Year's resolutions for them. All right? I'm going to go first. I'm going to be Mark Stoops, and in 2023 – I am going to hand keys of the offense over to Liam Cohen. I'm people say <laughs> kind of like Cal, you're old school. You get stubborn in your ways. All right. You you want, you know, you want to slow it down. You're a defensive first coach. You're a grid and grind coach. Liam Cohen. You're the man. We are going all in on you. All right. If it works, we, we, don't, we don't have a huge sample size, just one season. And just with Wandale Robinson, Will Levis, and Chris Rodriguez, we got some new guys coming in this year. But we need to go all in on it. And if we go all in on it and we trust Liam Cohen, who I think is one of the greatest minds in college football at the moment on the offense side of the ball, I think we could do big things. Buddy, who are you going to be for 2023, and what's your resolution?
1: Let's see. I had two, but I think I'll go with this one just because it's more fun. If I am – Jacob Toppin. We'll talk about Jacob Toppin a lot tonight, I'm sure. But if I am Jacob (laughs) Toppin, among my many other goals of improving, one New Year's resolution I have is to posterize someone so hard this year that the backboard shatters and the whole crowd stands up and I'm on SportsCenter Top 10 and Zion Williamson has to tweet about me and the person I dunked on retires from basketball, the magnetic pole switch, whatever. I want to destroy someone just because just to build my confidence and get the team going and just this is how I show like a, a loud symbol of me breaking out this year if we can keep that up uh, is is this is I want to show I can do it because athletically like why hasn't he yet why has Jacob Toppin not killed somebody under the on the rim yet
0: because Doug shells will call it a charge
2: got yes, close at LSU sure. He hit someone in the Close. back during a dunk,
3: but it wasn't real. I don't think you can call it a poster.
1: Mm-hmm. I need something flashy, explosive.
3: Hey, WT, you want to go ahead and go? I think I've got a good one.
2: <laughs> I got it, yeah. Uh, you, you can be our finale. Um, this is. I'm going to be a little more abstract just because I have an agenda to push. Um, I'm going <laughs> to okay. be the uh, Kentucky men's basketball roster, most specifically Oscar Shibway, uh, Xavier Wheeler, Jacob Toppin, and Antonio Reeves. <laughs> um, and my uh, New Year's resolution is to go to uh, the Craft Center, uh, go to uh, one of the many goals they have in that uh, lovely practice facility that definitely doesn't need upgrades, Mitch. Um, and I'm going to practice my free throws. Uh, I don't, I think we overblow the free throw issue, uh, as a fan base, but, uh, every single player that is a returning to college after at least one year and B has taken at least 15 free throws a season has decreased their free throw percentage this year. And some by a lot, Sabir Wheeler shooting 18% worse this year, uh, than he did last season. Uh, that's pretty concerning. Uh, Almost cost us against LSU. We'll get to that. Uh, But I'd like if we get fouled, which some of our players tend to be fouled, to uh, get the points that are there. So that's my New Year's resolution.
3: Okay. I'm going even more abstract than (laughs) WT did. You scared me whenever you said the word abstract because that's the exact word I was going to use. My abstract concept. I am... (laughs) Kentucky basketball offense. And my New Year's resolution is 40 minutes, I, I, a full 40 minute game. The last game against LSU is the closest that we've got. We got 30 minutes, really good offense. We got five, pretty good offense. We got five, no offense. So my New Year's resolution, if I'm the Kentucky basketball offense, 40 minutes. A, a, a full good game.
0: Love it. Please. We're definitely going to get into that when we get to LSU game. I have one more. If you guys allow <laughs> okay. it.
1: Yes. Round two. Yeah. All right. On. You're in charge. Sim-
0: similar. <laughs> yes. Let's go. Similar <laughs> to how I want Mark Stoops to hand the keys of his offense over to Liam Cohen. I want John Calipari to hand the keys of his offense over to case Wallace. He's the best player on our offense especially in the final five minutes, I want, instead of this grit and grind offense, which Bradley kind of alluded to, let's give the ball to Kaysen, at least late in the shot clocks. I'm fine running through Xavier. He, I think he's at least earned a stay in the game in the final minutes, especially with his improved shooting. But if we get late in the shot clock, give the ball to Kaysen, get the frick out of the way, and let him do his thing. That's that's what I'm going to do in 2023 as John Calipari as long as Casey Walsh is on my roster. And then we could switch it to like Dillingham or something.
2: We got tons of options next year. I'm so excited.
0: Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I, I tweeted out. To,
2: we can give it to our four and uh, yes. be okay.
0: Yes. I tweeted out something. It was along the lines of like, I think it was after DJ Wagner put up 32 points. I was like, oh, we're going to have like three guys that can go get their own on offense next year. And everyone Minimum. was like, everyone was like, well, let, I've heard this story before. I was like, no, so, stop acting like Kyle Perry has brought in four top 10 freshmen before. He's When he's done it, we were going to final fours. We were. Like these past six years, where we haven't seen the results that we wanted. It The last time we have was with De'Aaron Fox, Malik Monk, Bam Adebayo, all who are top 10 freshmen. The top 10 freshman model works. It stopped working when we stopped getting top 10 freshmen. No yep. okay. I agree. The only, successful see-
2: <laughs> the only successful season we've had where we didn't have like a guy that can go consistently get his own bucket was the 2020 season that got cut short by COVID. You can say Tyrese Maxey could get his own, but he mostly got his buckets like on a pick and roll, not on an ISO. Yes. So Cal knows how to dev- design an offense around those top 10 freshmen. Uh, we just haven't had yes. those. Uh, Jacob Toppin is not, uh, love him. He's doing great. Not a top 10 freshman. It's gonna take some adjustment to figure out how to use him.
0: Yeah. Speaking yep. of the basketball squads. Oh, buddy, we're gonna say something.
1: No, go ahead. Sorry.
0: Oh, sorry. Um, speaking of the basketball squads, we beat U of L by 22. I think we just missed the spread, right? Or 23. The 20, spread was
2: 23 and a half.
0: <sighs> Good teams win, but great teams cover. We gotta we gotta work on that. We're getting there.
2: Some. Some people got the spread at 22 and a half, and then it jumped right back up uh, once it dipped. So, some people were very happy. Some people were pretty upset at that last U of L
0: basket. Vegas is pretty incredible, man. But this will be known as the Jacob Toppin breakout game. What do you have? 24 points? Yes. New man. And the big thing that Cal talked about after the game, he was working on things off the court which confirmed our theory that he was dealing with some mental issues, which I think we talked about in the past couple of podcasts. We were hard on Jacob, but it's because we know that he could do what he did in the past couple of games. Way to go, Jacob.
2: I agree. Uh, I, we're going to talk about Jacob and I, and I want to keep the topic on Jacob. Most of the time we talk about the UL game, uh, but we're going to call this the Jacob topic game. He played great. He played better than he's played all year. Um, he had 24.7 rebounds. Uh, what's really funny about being a Kentucky fan the past two years is that Oscar Shibwe had 24 points and 17 rebounds, and it's not the Oscar Shibwe game. That is like <laughs> a pretty decent game from Oscar. So <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: to have the to have the luxury of have a guy like tie us for the lead in scoring, have 17 rebounds, and be like, no, it was the other guy's day. Like, I, I love it. Oscar is the best. <laughs> how about Jacob Topp?
1: Um, yeah, I, I, guess the big question on a lot of people's mind, uh, is, is it going to continue, right? Are we going to, is Jacob going to keep up the good work, uh, and continue to kind of dominate? And so that was a huge question after U of L, um, you know, a couple of people said, and, and the Kentucky men's basketball team tweeted out, uh, calling out a, a U of L fan that said Jacob won't have another 20 point game this year. And then he did immediately, uh, in, in the LSU game. Uh, which is exciting. Right. And so, um, is he going to, uh, sustain that success? And, and, and in my opinion, that's kind of going to be up to him. I think his fate is in his own hands a little bit. Um, you know, Jacob's probably not going to drop 20 points a game. Um, and he's probably going to have some games where he doesn't even get 10 points, whatever, you know, cause everybody, everybody does that. Like everybody has an off game that just kind of happens to everyone. Um, But if what he and Cal has suggested is true about the main thing, holding him back, being his own mental, like sort of struggling mentally, um, then it's going to come down to him playing poorly and then coming out of that and gathering himself, hopefully not half a season later this time around. Um, He's got to be able to, to maintain his confidence through adversity if he wants to maintain that level of play. And that's assuming that mentality is the big issue, like we've been told. And since we have no reason, you know, to question that, then I'll take it as truth and and say, yeah, top in the, if he's going to keep playing hard, that's going to be up to him.
2: And on those off games, that confidence is going to come from defense and rebounding. Uh, you're not going to hit those mid range shots every, every game. We know how the referee Arena rims are, um, But if he is out there getting six rebounds a game, and if he's out there uh, guarding three or four positions, then uh, uh, that's how he keeps his confidence. confidence, And Cal needs to remind him of that. It's like, hey, yeah, you're one for six from the field right now, but hey, your man hasn't scored today. So got to keep that confidence one way or another. And that's, I mean, that's just sports.
3: My main takeaway about Toppin is just how fluid he looked against Louisville. And then that carried over to LSU. And I I did. I went back and I watched at least parts of the last few games where Toppin had been cold. You could tell he was just tense, and he did not want to shoot. Versus if you went back and you looked at the games in the Bahamas when we are playing Baja Blast Tech, he's letting those things fly. (laughs) I mean, he's just letting them rip.
2: You can't just say that and just move
3: on. Move on with (laughs) life. But if Toppin's just letting him fly. I mean, he he's doing his best Carmelo Anthony for the Knicks impression out there. But seeing him get in just a better mental space to where he feels confident and, and he's willing to take those jumpers, that is what I've been begging for. If they don't go in, they don't go in. But just being willing and, and going through the right motions to shoot.
0: Bradley, sometimes you say things like so confidently that I have to like double take. them like, did I even hear that correctly?
3: <laughs> like uh, Duke, Kenny Chesney. <laughs> like, did I, did
0: <laughs> I hear Baja Blast or did I put too much bourbon in my cup? No, the problem you is. Said Baja
2: the problem is, Bradley, here, here's the issue. You probably just had like a really nuanced take about Jacob Toppin and how well he's playing. I and the listeners are not going to remember a word of that. They're just going to remember. Did he just call monterey tech baja blast
3: well there was like a baja something in there wasn't there the bahamas it was, like, it was like bahamas it's like bahamax or Max or something am i stupid no I, I i don't know what you're talking
2: about but i either way that is an absolutely unhinged way I've, to refer to a team
3: i've got uh, i've got to look this up
2: it's uh, so that we played Tech de Monterey, the Dominican Republic national team, Carleton, and the yep. Bahamas national team. So you just pulled that <laughs> Not even right close. out of nowhere.
0: You heard the Bahamas.
3: <laughs> you yep, heard the, the Bahamas. Bahamas. Yep. Uh, let's see. It might have been a 2018 team or something. Go, go ahead and move on. I'll, I've got to figure it out. Anyways, okay.
0: um, before, before we move on to LSU, the one negative that we saw in the Louisville game, I got to rec- recoup. Anyways, um, (laughs) the one bad thing in the Louisville game that allowed them to relatively keep the game close because we should have beat them by 30-35, but it it was on defense. We let L. Ellis get hot. And what was one of our biggest kryptonites last year? When we played Mississippi State, Iverson Molinar went for 30. When we played Vanderbilt, Scotty Pippen Jr. went for 30. When we played the Peacocks, Doug Eater and Daryl Banks went for like 20-plus. Anyways, we're going to move on. Um, But anyways... Mega Bay L- Okay. <laughs> but anyways, <laughs> when we when we played Louisville, L- Ellis, like we couldn't stop him as a guard. I thought this year, Casey Wallace, he's just going to be that lockdown defender, but we need him so much on offense. I'm not sure he has the energy to go and also play 40 minutes against the other team's best player like he he can't be doing everything on offense on the perimeter and everything on defense so either we need another scoring option like antonio reeves to step up or i think we need a guy like chris livingston or aduth Thiero or saver wheeler to really step it up and just be that defensive anchor on the perimeter
2: when you play a pressing offense like cal does not like pressing up uh not like 94 feet but whenever you're like trying to Hug the guards on the perimeter pretty close. You need to have a, a rim protector, and that's what he's thrived on his whole career. Having mm-hmm. Anthony Davis, Nerlens Noel, uh, uh, Willie stein all, all that crew. Um, he doesn't have that in the lineup most of the time. So uh, that's what killed us in the St. Peter's game. Is we pressed against their guards and we didn't have someone who can clean them up at the rim. So he's going to need to adjust. We're going to need to kind of sit back and keep them in front, not try to be aggressive and uh, push them.
0: Uh, away like we typically do speaking of shot blocker shout out Damian Collins we got very good minutes from him in the LSU game I think everyone that was watching was really happy to see it through him we know he's been through way more than any 20 year old should experience this year had a struggle started the season but it it won't look great on the stat sheet he didn't kill it Jacob Toppin was Again, playing another phenomenal game, especially in the second half. So we really didn't have room to put him in. Oscar, I don't think, came out of the game. But in the minutes he had, he made the most of them. I think especially with Lance Ware being out with something day-to-day. But he I, he blocked a shot. He had a great put-back dunk. He didn't get the jumper to fall, but I think it went in the flow of the offense. He found a way to get open, and he shot the shot with confidence. Um, played very well. The best minutes we've seen from Damian Collins this year.
1: Yeah. Um, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Um, you, you know, so Roy actually sent us this as kind of a statement not to jump ahead, but this was just cause it's along the same vein. He, uh, he said that something along the lines of Damian Collins has been very serviceable the last couple of games. I don't really know what he did against Louisville. If anything, I don't think he was in more than five minutes. Um, but against LSU definitely serviceable is, is the word. Um, and so, you know, kind of, I guess, is a New Year's, this was going to be my other one if I said one, as a New Year's resolution. If I'm Damian Collins, it's to get more quality minutes like I got against LSU, right? Um, and so where, where Collins has struggled is trying to to stretch out there and hit that long shot that we've talked about this. You can't be mad at him for taking that deep shot that he always misses, because he doesn't have the frame to be the bruiser kind of forward in the NBA. And so that's the kind of shot that he needs to be good at, but he's not hitting it. He just can't hit it. Also his ball handling skills are just kind of bad. So he's not going to be that quick kind of beat you kind of guy. Um, And so if I'm Damian Collins and I want to improve and continue to have quality minutes, it's improving at the things that I'm already good at which is shot blocking, rim protecting, and then being the most threatening lob threat on the team, probably just kind of excelling inside four feet. Uh, and, you know, he's not big bodied. He's not got that frame, but you can play strong despite that. Right. And he's a super athlete. So that helps. Uh, and, and so I'm, I'm happy with what I've seen from Damian Collins as a Damian Collins enthusiast. LSU was a good, good day for me.
2: Absolutely. Um, I do think that a lot of his struggles uh, this year specifically are that he's playing uh, a bit out of position. I know sack, uh, you kind of led the four for four uh, uh, sort of deal this off season, uh, but within a college, college offense, I mean, NBA is a different story. College offense. He is a uh, dunk. He's in the dunk slot five uh, undersized five for a uh, pick and roll or a uh, sp- spread out four out offense. Um, and when was the last time we saw him run that offense to perfection? Does anyone remember? Alabama. At, <laughs> at Alabama, which might be perfect timing. Uh, when we played Alabama, uh, they don't have like this big bruiser five uh, that Oscar needs to like push around, or at least I don't, I don't know the roster as well this year. Uh, but Damon was able to get some uh, quality minutes at the five, just kind of hang out right underneath the basket, right off to the side of the paint. Uh, and then, whenever Savier Wheeler drove, his man has to make a decision. If he's playing the four and he's out, his defender's not respecting his jump shot. So he's in the paint anyway. So, if we put him in the paint and make his defender piss his pants whenever he has to make a decision on do I stay with this guy with a 47 inch vertical or do I go try to block Savier Wheeler's shot? Mm-hmm. That that's a tough decision to make.
0: It looks like Alabama's starting center plays about twenty three minutes a game. He start. I haven't followed Alabama too much last year, but he started last game. Um he is seven foot two hundred twenty five pounds. It's Charles Bediaco. I think that was the center that mm-hmm. kind of gave us a little bit of trouble last year.
3: I really like his game. He's a he's a pretty good, pretty imposing ish big. Okay, maybe big I was wrong
2: out. about the center thing.
3: <laughs> uh Imposing ish. You know, he, he's not going to be, he's not Dickinson, but he's also from Bellerman. No disrespect to the five from Bellerman, but he, he's going to be on the better end of centers, I think, that we've played. Gotcha. gotcha. But well, uh, either way, Big opportunity Damon for Demi
1: Collins. Collins. Yeah.
2: yeah. And the rest of the team for 35 minutes against LSU looked really good.
0: But the last five minutes, as I preluded, we the don't wanna just talk
2: we don't wanna talk about mm-hmm. just the five minutes. That's what everyone talks about. If those five minutes happened at the beginning of the game and then we played thirty-five minutes of really good basketball, no one would be talking about the first five minutes. It's just that's yeah. the last thing we saw. Uh we mm. played thirty five minutes of really good offense and very average defense. And uh I am very happy with the direction. Cal is going. Cal is showing that he is adapting. Um, He knows he does not have that guy on this roster and he is uh, putting stuff in motion to get his guys, get guys that can uh, score, uh, get them the ball in some opportune areas instead of just saying, Hey, you got to go figure it out yourself.
0: Yeah. And the, I do want to talk about the last five minutes kind of just defend what's going on. We haven't seen what we saw for 35 minutes at all. And when you get into the last five minutes, it's a different game. I think Cal said it. He wants us to be more – do you remember the adjective he used?
2: Deliberate.
0: Deliberate. He wants us to be more deliberate, but that does not mean more conservative. And there was a lot of points where Chris Livingston was in the game, and he caught the ball on the perimeter, and he probably had five feet in separation, six feet in separation, and he could have shot the three, but he had someone closing out hard and was like, Open enough to consider it, but not wide open where he had to take it. And you would kind of pass out of it. And Kaysen kind of did some of the similar things, even, even topping as well until he hit that corner three. But like, it it gets to the point where it's like, you you have a three that you probably have to take, but even if you're a good three point shooter, you only make the shot 40% of the time, which is less than half, which means it's most likely going to be a miss in a point where you don't feel like you can afford a miss. You, You still have to take that shot. And these guys are learning that. You, you have to understand, it's not Cal just saying, hold on to the ball for 29 seconds and have Xavier chuck up and hope that he banks into three, which he did, by the way. Shout out Xavier Wheeler. Um, played a great game. But it's like, it, Cal's not saying to do that. He said, be more deliberate. And guys don't know what that means yet. Because mostly, we haven't been in games like this. We've been in Michigan, and we've been in UCLA, and now we've been in LSU. And we won Michigan- because we went to Kaysen down the stretch and he hit a really big three-pointer for us, we lost UCLA because no one hit a shot the last five minutes. And now we won this game because Toppin and Savier and Kaysen all made big shots down the stretch. Once yep. these guys start making the shots, they're going to get the confidence to keep pulling them and know they have to pull them. And it's part of the process.
2: Those last five minutes, uh, if you want an X's and O's explanation on why it always seems to slow down, uh, it goes just back to what you said, Zach. It's not about the number of points you get. It's about how often you put the ball in. Defenses are going to shrink. They're going to prevent you from getting those high percentage looks because that's going to not help their winning. Uh, They want you to take that uh, more open three because there's less of a chance you'll make it um so when we get down to that cal is calling plays you go look at him on the sideline it's not that he's just saying hold it hold it hold it hold it okay now ball screen he's calling plays he's running sets but the defense is sagging on everything so you have to adjust one way we adjusted was we cleared out a side and gave case the ball on a uh, on a screen and he got a wide open layup uh one way we adjusted is we uh ran a stagger screen for Xavier, but we sent him to his right hand instead of his left hand so uh, we have the adjustments. There are fixable issues, just like Cal said. Um, but you can't just you you can't run the same offense in the last five minutes you did in the first 35. What we have to do is figure out how to still utilize our strengths of our personnel in a different style of offense when the game is slowed down and gunked up.
0: Here, here's one more adjustment, and I'll let Bradley and Buddy get their word in. Sorry, I'm talking a lot. I know everyone hates to hear me talk. Eventually, I'll shut up. I know that makes our <laughs> listeners happy. But anyways, <laughs> Toppin struggled a lot. He started to get going. The next guy we need to get going is Antonio Reeves. Because him at the three, Chris Livingston did a lot of things well throughout the game. He had a really bad foul lane. And again, he wasn't pulling those shots. Antonio Reeves, not quite the defender of a Chris Livingston consistently. But we need, he's a guy that I feel comfortable pulling that shot. He's a guy I feel comfortable putting at the free throw line. He's a guy I feel comfortable. Let's say we're trying to run pick and roll and someone denies Kaysen. I'm fine running a pick and roll with Reeves late, assuming he's playing better, but he needs to start playing better. That's the fifth guy we need to get cooking. We got Wheeler, we got Wallace, we got Toppin and Chibwe cooking right now. Reeves is the next guy we got to get going.
1: Yep, um, for sure. And I, I think... Watching or rewatching the UFL game at home, uh, it kind of felt to me like Cal was attempting to run like that last ten minutes of our offense kind of through Reeves. Um, it, there was especially some plays I saw Toppin. I think could have cooked. He could have kept going and and scoring. And he had wide open looks all that game. It looked like we were focusing on Reeves to kind of try and get him into rhythm against Louisville when we were just up a lot. Uh, so I think that that's the plan. At least uh, I'm sure they'll be intentional about that. Um, on the the subject of Our last five minutes against LSU, uh, there were a couple things, not excuses, I guess more explanations that kind of made sense to me. The first thing I I saw, that just the obvious one, is we only played seven guys. Two of those guys, our non-starters, played 23 minutes between the two of them, I believe it was. And the other five guys, the starters, played at least... 30 minutes each two of them played 40 minutes and Wheeler, I think played 38, 37, 38, something like that. So we were exhausted in the last five minutes. And, and like Wildcat said, um, your, your last five minutes of defense are, are your hardest five minutes of defense and your hardest five minutes of offense. That's your, that's your red zone end zone defense, right? You, you bend, you don't break there. Um, and and so it's just, it's different. We'll adjust. I think we'll be okay there. Um, you know, we looked okay earlier this year, and we had the fight against Michigan State. I know it was a long time ago, but, like, we were in that game to win that game and miss some some free throws, to be honest. Um, so I, I feel comfortable with where we are. If that's the team we were then, I think we'll be even better by, by March.
3: One thing I did want to throw in real quick about the LSU game. As our resident Murray resident on the podcast – I feel qualified to say about the uh, former Murray State players that were playing in the game. Yeah, That's the best I've ever seen them play. And that's not me just having a Kentucky fan, we're in our Super Bowl take. That's seriously the best I've ever seen K.J. Williams and uh, Trey Hannibal play. Uh, Justice Hill didn't have a great game, uh, but those two, seriously, best I've ever seen them play against probably the best competition they've ever played against. But huge shout-out to them. Uh, I knew from the time he entered the portal, K.J. Williams was going to be a, a legit player somewhere. Uh, but I, I feel pretty good with containing the rest of the roster, which is what they did. Big,
2: big fan of their coach, too. I don't know his name. Yeah, but, uh, Matt he run, he runs He runs some really good stuff, uh, runs really good modern basketball sort of things. So that pick-and-pop with, uh, with their center is – Lethal. If he's able to consistently recruit that stretch five mm-hmm. position, he's going to be in the business for a while. Especially
0: if that stretch five banks in two threes. Yeah, I mean,
2: yeah, but he's also shooting like fifty percent on the season. So, like, yes. <laughs> it is what it is. Yes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> he was given Arkansas a run from their money or for their money. Was it last night or the night before? um And you know, Musselman had the same thing, kind of a breakdown in the last few minutes. They ended up winning the game, but it was close.
0: LSU won that game, didn't they?
2: No, that, yeah, uh, you're thinking of Mizzou, buddy.
0: Oh, Emma. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I know. But LSU
2: did beat Arkansas, and uh, LSU oh, the game and, and KJ played very well. That was the game before they played us.
0: You're right, are I got we, mixed up. Are we concerned long-term? I don't know how many teams, like, even get to do this, but this is back-to-back SEC opponents where they run a true five out and have center that can hit threes, and we had absolutely no answer for that.
2: I think it's going to, and I talked about this uh, on Twitter. Um, I think Oscar did a better job um, against uh, LSU. Um, I think a lot of it is the mentality of his job is to rebound. And that's what he believes his main job is. So when he has to go contest on the perimeter, he is just putting a hand up and then sprinting down to the basket to try to get a rebound he needs to be able to trust his teammates to go get those rebounds for him so that he can fully commit to contesting those threes to fully commit to uh, switching on the perimeter or hedging and then getting back to his man. Um, Because what it seems like is he is just getting out there just far enough to show on film, Hey, I contested it. uh, So he can go get uh, his boards, which he's really good at obviously, but you can't get a rebound uh, when it comes out the bottom of the net.
0: Yeah. And um, one, one more thing I want to, Put on this game before we move on. Is Cal is starting to establish what I I'm going to call our core four, um, and that is he, I think he even <laughs> said that these four were going to play a lot of minutes, and we've seen it back to back games. All these guys played 30 minutes, um, consecutive games now, and that's Savir Wheeler at point, Kason Wallace at the two, Jacob Toppin at the four, and Oscar Shiboy at the five, um, and they they've been playing really well, and I think the last two games, especially since Jacob Toppin's picked up, he's shown that or they have shown that they deserve the majority of the minutes. But that leaves three open holes in the seven man rotation. And that is your starting three, a backup guard, and a backup like forward slash big. Um so that forward slash big is going to come down to one of like most likely Lance or Collins, maybe Ugo. And the starting three is going to probably be Livingston or Reeves. And the backup three is going to be Livingston Reeves, maybe Frederick, um, maybe Thiero. Um Who do you guys think gets those spots? Is it too early to tell? Or do you you guys agree that that, that's probably just an open competition? Maybe just play the hot hand and try different guys?
2: I think we're seeing – I think we're already seeing it throughout the year. I think uh, that three position is going to go to Chris and Antonio. I think CJ is there for foul trouble and depth um, at this point, especially coming off an injury on his shooting hand. Uh, That's going to be someone who's already in a slump. That's going to be an even bigger adjustment for him. Um, But uh, the backup, the backup forward, uh, I, I honestly think that can change from game to game. Keep some guys ready. If we need a shot blocker, go to Ugo. If we need a dog, if we just need someone who can go in and, uh, uh, play either the five or I, I guess the four. Now uh, we can go with Lance. Um, if we need a guy who can sit the dunker spot against um, kind of an undersized lineup, we can go with uh, Damien. So uh, we have some options on the forward that I think will, um, we won't ever see anything incredibly consistent until the tournament. Uh, but I think the three is, is pretty set where we're going to start. Chris Antonio is going to be that 20 minutes a game, 15 minutes a game back up. Um, for the guard and and then uh, and that's I think that's what it's gonna look like
0: now that we are winning again one thing that we do get to do is troll and meme the other team you three are the experts on that <laughs> especially Bradley my goodness dude oh my gosh <laughs> but uh I, I, this is a good yeah. thing though right that we get to do that as a fan base mm-hmm. absolutely it's, it's fun
3: when you win and get to make fun of people Rare, rare, extremely rare shout out to Auburn fans uh, because I know they were an inspiration for me doing this, except they all suck at memes. Uh, So somebody needed. They're pretty decent. Okay, most of them suck at memes. Uh, So somebody needed to do it and do it better and do it for a winning basketball program. Uh, So shout out to them for the idea. We just Kentucky, just like everything that Auburn does, does better. Uh, so shout out to them
2: for all the listeners of this lovely podcast, uh, any game that we win, do yourself the ultimate favor and scroll through the replies of the opposing team's, uh, final score tweet. And anytime you see Bradley's lovely face on the profile picture, uh, you're going to have the best time watching whatever stupid video or reading whatever stupid meme he has posted there. Um, it is the best. I, I have my kind of core set of my core four of memes that I post on <laughs> under most uh most final scores. Uh, but Bradley really brings brings the uh, juice every single game. And uh, I, I think that's an underappreciated part of our fan base and something we can get behind. We it, I think that memes are powerful and they can unify this fan base more than anything ever has.
1: Now that we've started winning and my uh, I've cooked up some videos and they're getting like <laughs> Fifty to 60 likes like in these comments or whatever which you know is i guess around the average but still like it's it's more fun i've, I've got some more i'm cooking up i've got some ideas now is is the kentucky fried meme in your core four because i
2: i love that it absolutely one. is it's I so love good. That you just got so kentucky much. fried <laughs> <laughs> that's the best now one, are right? we uh this has kind of been a problem are we pro or anti meme theft uh in those replies I'm pro. If if I see someone take my meme, that just shows that uh, I was apparently funny once.
3: So apparently one of my memes made it to the eruption zone. I was just (laughs) watching a UK game and somebody had a cutout of one of my memes. Uh, Early last year, I made a drip Coleman
0: meme. And somebody made like a,
3: uh, somebody made a fat head of drip. I can show you in my camera roll right now. They hand those out
0: in the eruption zone every game. (laughs) Seriously? That is so good. (laughs) Every game.
3: And that's the one
0: everyone wants too. Like everyone that's in the front row, the E zone. It's like, oh, can I have Drip Coleman? Can I have Drip Coleman? Ask Scott about that because Scott's always
3: in my camera roll. I made Drip Coleman. That's hilarious.
0: In the replies,
2: hey, in the replies when we post this podcast, I want you to put that in.
3: I will. Uh, (laughs) One thing I did want to say to WT, I know you're like the only one who likes it, but if you go to TikTok and look up, I think it's Doggo Music videos. I know WT's favorite reply. They made it's an so Amish good. Paradise. Dude, the Amish, Amish one. Paradise. A weird <laughs> hell. They made a dog music video to it. I reply every uh, post game score. I watch
1: like it all the way through every time. Because I know
2: WT loves it so much. Imagine being some player that's like going through, trying to look through the fan criticism, the fan criticism, doing whatever, and they see some guy named 270 Bradley Smith posting dogs singing Amish Paradise the the (laughs) mental anguish that you would go through as a college athlete watching that video after you just lost kentucky has got to be one of the most devastating things in the world and i think that's beautiful
1: that's the goal
3: my only hope is that katie johnson after we smoke (laughs) auburn by 30 goes to the comment section watches amish paradise after he's just gone oh for 17 guys yeah,
1: katie so. johnson is like my number one target on my list i have already got about four katie johnson memes <laughs> i built months ago months ago they've been oh, waiting man. for us to be auburn this year I've got, I've got more i'm working on them all the time i've got pictures just as like a base to to build off of, dude
2: he has such a I'm, memeable
3: face he I've does, got, well, he's yelling I've got, all the time okay. i've got one that i'm sitting on i'll go ahead and spoil it for y'all and i'll spoil it for our listeners too okay and it's a bruce pearl slash katie johnson collab so you know how
1: what's that mean? Uh, you,
3: you know how katie johnson looks like that shark from shark tales yes. <laughs> yes. and yes. you know how bruce pearl gets so red on the sidelines whenever it's, he coaches oh no. mm-hmm. shark boy and lava girl i mean oh just it, it's been, <laughs> it lends itself so easily to memes
2: oh man and they say uh, this is why bbn is the best fan base because we have yes. guys like bradley smith making that uh in their free time for fun so uh, that I'm i made that an answer.
3: alex legion meme that's so great
2: so yeah uh long story short if you're a listener of the show go to the replies like our tweets make your own memes participate in the fun it is us uh, it is so great it's, it should be a great tradition for years to come as long as twitter doesn't crash and burn bradley,
1: go. oh go, go ahead, ahead. <laughs> i was gonna say bradley is up at 2 a.m with his readers on <laughs> in the dark because just... yeah just uh computer screen blue light in his face. Just cooking <laughs> these memes up before bed. It t- takes some hours. So please go appreciate them in the comments. When
2: Bradley says he's a cook, this is what he's talking about.
3: <laughs> Ty Winyard scored 19 points in his collegiate career.
0: Shout out 270 Bradley Smith. Shout out post-game memes. Shout out Bryce Hopkins. 27 points and a big win oh, over no. number two UConn. You got it. Okay, here's the thing. People are going to be like, oh, Cal, you messed this up. Okay, yeah. he was a good player, but also like, he, people do good not at Kentucky. Cal, since day one being here, Kentucky's not for everyone. Sure, there are probably really good players that Cal could have at Kentucky that he doesn't, but Kentucky's not for everyone. And that's okay. I'm really happy for like the year that Bryce Hopkins gave us. He, Won us two games against Ohio and LSU at home. Um, and like even Cam Brooks, he gave us three good years. So not, let's not be mad that they're doing better outside of Kentucky. That usually happens. Kentucky is a really hard place to be successful at. That's why the people that are successful here are also successful at the next level. Let's just be happy for our guys, our former guys. I am
2: just for the just for our agenda pushing, uh, for the podcast, just for us as a fan base, we are so 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 lucky. That they decided to have these breakout games right after Jacob yes. Toppin started playing well. If we're if we if this had happened two weeks ago when Jacob was still like averaging three points a game oh. for a while, uh, then we would have heard some stuff and we would have uh gotten even more toxic than we already were. So I'm so happy Jacob's playing well for many reasons, but that is definitely one of them. Very happy for Bryce and Keon, though. Do
0: y'all you know, want to get into our listeners' questions?
2: Love to. We love our listeners so much.
0: We do love our listeners, but one thing that we decided was the the sense we're getting a lot more of these, we're gonna limit we're just each gonna pick our favorite. Um so we're just gonna do four of the questions. So we're gonna pick each one's doing our favorite. Uh Buddy, do you wanna start? Do you wanna pick your favorite question and then we'll go from there?
1: Yeah, but hold on, let me find out let me find them real quick. I gotta run and scroll. So we kind of covered a few of these, to be honest.
0: We can we kind of did hit them, which is also why we're not yeah. reading every question because we kinda hit them anyways. <laughs> right. Um I, I can go ahead and go.
2: I think I already have mine. Go, go for it. Uh uh Yell Rats, uh otherwise known as at wannabe dev four. Uh I I sorry for wannabe dev three. He kind of stole your <laughs> uh handle there. Um, what should March expectations realistic, realistically look like for this team as of today? Um, as of today, I think our bracketology is like at like a six or seven seed. So if you go just by seed level, um, are you saying it's different, buddy?
1: I think it's eight. Is it seven or
2: eight? I don't know um, if it's been updated since we beat LSU. Okay. But uh, either way, we're around that six, seven, eight level. So expectation-wise, that's going to be a uh, exit at the round of 32 um however uh, i do think that as the way march basketball goes uh we're built pretty well for that um the only the main issue i have is uh our free throw shooting that's pretty important in march um i think that our ceiling just based on our roster is a final four just like it was the beginning of the year um and once you get to the final four really anything can happen um I do think that if we are setting realistic expectations as a fan base, um, I'm not going to say that just making the second weekend is a success because it's Kentucky basketball. We're the gold standard. However, um, making the second weekend should be an expectation for us, and anything past that uh, should be something that we're excited about.
3: Yeah. So someone else pick a different question. Uh, You ready, buddy? If not, I've got mine.
1: Go ahead. I'll, I'll pick up the leftovers.
3: Okay. Uh, my question that I'm going to answer is from uh, Tucker Clack at Zodi Clack killer. Uh, awesome handle, by the way. <laughs> and this is something that uh, we're just not going to have time to touch on unless we do. Uh, but uh, he says uh, LZ meaning Kyra LZ's, uh, time here is probably up, but realistically how attractive of a job is Kentucky women's basketball. Uh, Memorial will get renovations, but it's looking like those short-term logistic issues of those renovations will make it hard on any incoming coach. Uh, so what this is referring to, if you haven't already seen it, uh, there's been a little bit of B for drama uh, on Twitter, and not necessarily just on Twitter. It, it is a real-life situation, uh, but a transfer from Kentucky, uh, Dreuna or Dreana, uh Edwards, I'm I'm sorry, I don't want to mispronounce her Dreana. name. Dreanna. Dreanna. Okay. Uh, Again, I'm sorry about that, Um, but transferred from Kentucky uh, to Baylor and there were some issues because it was her second transfer and in order for her to be automatically eligible to play, uh, Kentucky would have to sign off uh, on that waiver and uh, Kentucky and Kyra Elsie are not going to do that. Uh, There's some more circumstances and some more nuance behind all that. Not going to take time to get into all that. Uh, But everybody is really upset with Kyra Elsie. And not just about that, but about a few other things. Uh, I think her time probably is close to up. Uh, But uh, Kentucky women's basketball, I think, can be an attractive job. Uh, The bad thing is it's always going to be in the shadow of the men's basketball program. Uh, But one thing you've seen, like that run that the women's team made last year, uh, when you're winning – uh, the fan base is going to be behind you like no other fan base. Uh, you know, Perry coming to the game, so I think it can be an attractive job. Yeah,
0: agree. Um, buddy, do you want to go or do you want me to go?
1: Sure, I'll go ahead. Um, one question I see that we haven't answered, one of the very few, is can we close? Oh, this is from Levi McKay or Mackay. I've heard it pronounced both ways. Um, at Levi underscore McKay seven or Mackay. Um, can we close games against good teams with Severe? Um, yeah, we can. Uh, Savir, Savir, they're mouthing to me in the in the camera. Uh, Savir. Um, yes, we we can close out games with Savir Wheeler. Um, I think that that looks like. Putting the getting the ball out of his hands um, when we have under five seconds left on the shot clock, no matter where it goes. He is, is driving into no man's land, trying to throw it out. Uh, we've seen this kind of stuff for the last two years, and everybody always says, oh, we can't have him. He's wild in the last couple of minutes. Wheeler can't have the ball. And he does stuff and he looks terrible doing it a lot of times, but in the last few minutes, I don't think he's very good. I think we want to get the 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 ball in in Kaysen's hands or his, somebody who can make a play. Um, and and we're rushing along. So
0: Yeah, buddy, I'm I'm gonna we're only gonna do three questions today because I really want to answer this one too. And WT is gonna help me answer this question. What is Savir Wheeler shooting on threes this year?
2: I believe he's shooting forty-one point six-ish. Uh, percent
0: and that's on mostly wide open catch and shoot threes
2: that is fair yes
0: so do you think that it is serviceable to put the ball in case and wallace's hands to close out a game and if he gets a double team and needs to kick it out to salvier wheeler a 41.6 percent three-point shooter can we live with that
2: uh especially as i was talking earlier uh about how defenses will collapse especially in the last five minutes uh that would be almost ideal it's like having a uh contested uh, Jamal Murray three uh, in the last five minutes. So um, I, I got some arguments with people on Twitter about that, but it's the, the numbers don't lie.
0: Exactly. Um, yeah. So I I don't think not only can we close out games, I think we should, especially since if we are looking at getting case in the ball, a lot of case in success, whether it is like a direct catch and shoot assist, or just like Sabir sets up a play. I remember the Louisville game, Kaysen tried running a pick and roll with Oscar. It completely blew up. Savier got the ball, like set something up, gave it back to Kaysen, got out of the way. And then Kaysen successfully ran the same pick and roll because Xavier set it up for him. Savier being able to set up plays and knock down three-pointers at um, a 40% clip, over 40% clip, I think you can do that. So sorry, only three questions today. We have to move on. So does Kentucky basketball. We go to... Alabama at number seventh ranked Alabama, 12 and 2 on the season, 2-0 and o in conference play, led by freshman star Brandon Miller. Um, six eight forward, shoots the three really well, scores on all should have been a cat. Yeah, should have been, should have been. Thank you, Shaden Sharp. But anyways,
3: international terrorist Shaden Sharp.
0: Anyways, um, <laughs> I am going to take the cats as I do. I always love the cats opportunity. Um we're gonna get in a shootout and we're going to make the free throws at the end of the game that we need. We're going to win 84-80, to and what will be a put Kentucky back on the map game.
3: Yes, I say that we see Jacob Toppin continue riding his hot streak, and we see the ultimate shootout down the stretch between Toppin and Brandon Miller. I say they go for 27 apiece. And uh, Kentucky ultimately gets the win 75-74. Give me Toppin for MVP.
0: Oh, I forgot to do MVP. My MVP is going to be Sabir Wheeler. If we're running with Alabama, I think he's going to have a double-double with 10-11 assists. WT looks upset. It looks like I took his pick. No. Um. Oh, we're good. But anyways, give <laughs> me Sabir Wheeler. That he's going to have like 12-12. It's going to be a fantastic game for him. He's going to thrive.
2: Uh, i'm gonna go uh i mean it's a kentucky podcast uh, i was like oh maybe i should be different and take alabama but why, why would i do that uh, i'm a kentucky fan i'm gonna expect to win every game uh, i think yeah so uh, i'm gonna go with the cats um i do think we match up well x's and o's wise with Nate Oates' coach teams um we've shown that in the past except for the uh 9 and 16 season yep. um I do think that we win. I think it'll be 74 to 69. Uh, and my uh, MVP will be the guy that we never talk about, even though he puts up insane numbers, Oscar Shibwe. Um, I think he dominates um, and goes for, especially with all the threes they take, he has like uh, 12 defensive rebounds. Um, and uh, I'll say puts up 20 points.
0: Buddy, be our case Wallace. Be our closer. Who you got?
1: You're making me feel really bad about it by saying you expect Kentucky to win every game. Oh boy. I (laughs) hope we win this game, but I don't think that these last two games while they've been great are going to be the best indicator of, I don't think we've improved that much in the past two weeks. I think we've, we're showing signs of improvement, but I think Alabama is the stronger team right now They've got stronger shooting until we get Reeves going. We don't really have the scoring threat we need to keep up with them. Um, So I'm hopeful, but I think we'll be a close game. And I'll say 85 to 82. We'll call it close and say Alabama. That's going to be my prediction. Sorry to end it on a sad note. Who
0: would be your MVP? Do you want to pick a a Kentucky Kentucky MVP or an Alabama MVP?
1: (laughs) Oh, I'll I'll pick a Kentucky MVP still. Um, and I'll I'll go with Kason. Kason's gonna he's gonna eat.
0: Well, boys, thank you for joining me in this last probably hour plus. Sorry if we went over again. Thank you for everyone listening. We will see you next week after a pair of Kentucky W's. Suck it, buddy. Go Cats. <laughs> we'll see you next week. Go Cats. We love you.